DangerQuestMysteries.com presents M-O-B-E, number two. Mysteries of the Bicycle Explained. Recumbent riders have big, 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 not small, big butts. A strange and serious examination of bicycular truth by your author, Peter Gelman. Recumbent riders have big, 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 not small, big butts. Many people who consider themselves knowledgeable believe that recumbent cyclists have bigger rear ends than other people. However, I can state with all the intellectual and moral authority that this podcast lends me, that if I were you, I wouldn't trust these so-called knowledgeable people. These people, if they even exist, who are they? Where did they come to say things like that? Assuming that you're not lying in your unverified accusation against them. This self-proclaimed semi-professional recumbent rump observer must be the type of cyclist that turns the drops of his road bike handlebars upward. Either, option A, he does this to show his extremely bad attitude, which he calls attitude. Or, option B, he turns the drops of his road bike handlebars upward so that he doesn't have to bend forward in the effort of reaching those so-called handlebars, if that is really what they are. Why is he causing so much trouble? What a luxury to insist on two options, A and B. Why doesn't A just suffice, or B? Why doesn't this stiff person want to bend forward? Is he ashamed that we might measure the diameter of his rear end? Does he think we go around carrying measuring tape 
like he does? And now a confession. I am this person. So let's get one thing straight right now before I start delivering knuckle sandwiches. I am your dedicated explicator of all bicycle mysteries. I will explain them laboriously, one by one, in gruesome and unnecessary detail, if need be. And no one's leaving the room until I'm done. Therefore, it is my solemn sworn duty to measure the circumference of the recumbent cyclist's rump. I must do this, even if I need to staple two lengths of measuring tape together in order to have a measuring tape long enough to measure that circumference, if that is indeed what it is. At the same time, it is my doubly solemn sworn duty to defend the nobility of the recumbent rump. What is certainly true, and a measurable fact, the large, jutting, bulbous rear ends of recumbent cyclists are not only more beautiful than the posterior of other cyclists, but they are more powerful too. The proudly jutting buttocks of recumbent cyclists serve them much better than other parts of the human anatomy for numerous reasons. But I won't enumerate them. I won't assign numbers to them. I will merely say, with respect and a sense of fair play that you can hear in my voice, that a big rear end is not only a point of erotic distinction in many cultures, but its low center of gravity lends the bike a stabilizing force. That's why recumbent riders are always loved a little more by humanity than other people. And that's why, I'm sorry to report, and you can hear the honest regret in my voice. Humanity has come to love me less. This story continues in just a moment. You're listening to... Mysteries of the Bicycle Explained. Peter Gelman created all aspects of this work, both words and music. This recording is protected by the Creative Commons Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. To contact Monsieur Gelman, please visit DangerQuestMysteries.com There was a time in the misty past when I rode an HPV, a human-powered vehicle, the fancy term for a recumbent. In my case, it was a horribly expensive recumbent that required 17 years to pay off. Yes, 
It was a sporty design with a short wheelbase and a nicely padded seat. Therefore, it is with personal experience that I am authorized to tell you under the Freedom of Information Act, albeit with no black markouts, it is these buttock muscles upon which the recumbent velocity, such as it is, wholly and solely relies. Yes, I know what it's like to look at the puny world with the eyes of a recumbent cyclist sitting on his enormous, powerful rump as she, or in this case he, navigates the incognizant mountains of the pea-sized globe. Yes, the recumbent rider's arms will, upon habitual riding, shrivel. Yes, the chest will shrink. Yes, the eyes will disdain to open. Yes, the lips will petrify in a perpetual sneer toward what they like to call upright and uptight cyclists. The rear end, however, will grow massive, bulky, and strong in Herculean proportions. Let us narrow our gaze. Let us get out our magnifying glasses and examine the schematic. Aha! Ha ha ha! The recumbent design isolates the seat muscles for use. The recumbent design wholly relies on those muscles. The recumbent design solely relies on them. Well then, no wonder the rear end turns bulbous. Its bulbosity is the very source of its world-shattering power. That's in fact what HPV originally stood for. Huge posterior vehicle. Go ahead, if you don't believe me, search the internet. Furthermore, as the muscles of the rear end are the only thing that moves the recumbent chariot, it is fortunate that the muscle happens to be the pivot of the human body, a massive, mighty force. You may not have noticed, but evolutionary forces have strategically positioned the gluteus maximus at the top of the legs. Take a look sometime, why don't you? We can't go anywhere without first asking the approval of the butt. Hint. When asking approval, don't call him bum. He prefers to be known as Mr. Cheeks. The glute is the pivot of the human body's most powerful muscles. These are not the muscles that make precision watches. These are not the muscles that pluck petals of a flower and sigh about you-know-who with all the curls. No, these muscles are truly Maximus. And now it's time for the Gilmo Interlude Mystery Dancers. Whoa. Whoa. 
it is no wonder that among recumbent culture, an enormous rump is a sign of the elite, a speed demon. According to reliable internet authorities, the finer the fanny, the more likely that the recumbent tier has crossed the miles per hour barrier of 19.999. 20 miles an hour is, in HPV culture, the speed no human can withstand, the imaginary and theoretical velocity. I quote from the internet, and therefore, it must be true. In a bold and fearless quest to break that land speed barrier, I returned to upright bicycle riding. And what thanks did I get from my buttocks? None at all. Who? 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 Who would dare to sing the praises of the meager little cleft and wedge-harried peaches of upright cyclists? Not I. Who would attempt to defend the 19th century design, the diamond or safety frame? No one steps forward? Frankly, the upright bike is frivolously light, far too sprightly and zippy. No wonder the recumbent cyclist sneers. Hey, what's the hurry climbing up a hill? You think something's wrong with a four-mile-per-hour climb? Just think of all the bug behavior studies you miss as you zip up the hill at your reckless speeds of 11 miles an hour. Hey, way up. I want to tell you about the orphan red ants being raised by the black ants. Oh, no. No, the buttocks of upright cyclists are hardly worth looking at. But go ahead if you want to. Such is the generous, altruistic, and fun-loving size of the buttocks of recumbent cyclists that they each deserve their own orbiting satellite. Since that is impossible, I can provide instead the reward of a particularly splendid English word, Calipigus. The word derives from Calipugos, from the buttock-enlightened civilization of ancient Greece. It means characterized by buttocks of beautiful proportions. Recumbent writers are refined, like Socrates. And like Socrates' young symposium friends, Cali Pigeon. Meanwhile, upright cyclists must satisfy their weariness by resting on the meager certainty of their tiny Yiddish tukus. Thank you for listening. You can find more of our podcasts at dangerquestmysteries.com.